Welcome to the Scripture Study Project, our podcast dedicated to helping you discover the Scriptures in a fresh way, invest your mind and heart into your personal study, and connect to God in your everyday life. We are your hosts, Zach and Krista Horton, and excited to study with you this week, section 64 through 66 in the Doctrine and Covenants. We're calling this episode Kingdom. And we'll explain that in just a little bit. But thank you for being here with us. We hope that your summer has begun well. We mentioned last week we are shortening our episodes through the summer, doing these mini episodes, but hoping that they still give you a kickstart to your personal study of the scriptures um, as we try and help you discover, invest, and connect. I'm really excited about the mini episodes just because maybe for us we've been doing such a similar format for so long, but also just really being able to target in on that intro like we talked about. Um, Discover, invest, and connect is what we're basing these whole mini episodes on. And that's kind of been our, I want to say our MO. Yeah, yeah, our, our, <laughs> our catchphrase, our objective, you our know mission what? statement. I, I actually say that a lot. I don't even know what MO stands for. Zach? Modus operandi. Okay, I've asked you that before. I've, we've had this discussion before, and I always forget. I was also going to say our jam. Like, it's kind of been our jam. <laughs> I'd rather say that. I know what jam means and Well, we're, we're really passionate about it because um, if, you've, if you've ever looked at any of the resources we have on our website or the study records, you know that we talk about learn, feel, do, and become. Mind, heart, hand, and spirit. We believe that a true study of the scriptures isn't something that should be just a mental experience. It should be something that touches your mind you learn something, it touches your heart, you feel something or feel a connection to something, it touches your hands, you want to do something or are enabled to do something, and it touches your spirit, you become something. And so that intro to our podcast, Discover, we want to give you some insight that will help you discover truths in the scriptures, that'll open up new insights for you. We want to help you invest, connect your heart, your life to what you're, um, what you're reading and what you're studying. And then connect. We want to give you some ideas of things you could do to better connect to God. And as you discover, invest, and connect, you'll find yourself changing and becoming a better person. And not that we weren't doing that before, because we were definitely trying to do that with our other episodes, but this is just a very targeted way to get that done. And hopefully this helps you to better understand what what we're trying to um, show or help you study in this way of really putting your heart into it. So... So, uh, one thing that can help you discover some truths in this block that maybe you haven't noticed uh, in other read-throughs of the Doctrine and Covenants is, as we mentioned with the title of the episode, uh, Discovering the Kingdom of God. This is section 65, verse 6. Wherefore, may the kingdom of God go forth, that the kingdom of heaven may come. That thou, O God, may be glorified in heaven, so on earth, that thine enemies may be subdued, for thine is the honor, power, and glory forever and ever. Amen. Now, on a quick read-through, you might think that that's just a repetition. May the kingdom of God go forth, that the kingdom of heaven may come. But there's a difference. One kingdom is moving forward. From this present time, it's going forward so that the other kingdom can come. Now, there's a lot of second coming references uh, that we've been reading recently and that there's many more to come in the Doctrine and Covenants. It's a very second coming heavy book of scripture. 
and it's tempting to get caught up in focusing on the future, on the kingdom which shall come, whether it's the second coming or the millennium or living in the celestial kingdom, it's tempting to focus on the future. But there is a present kingdom that is currently going forth and being built. So to separate those two kingdoms, 65 verse 2, the keys of the kingdom of God are committed unto man on the earth. So the kingdom of God is currently on the earth with us. In other words, the kingdom of God is the church of Jesus Christ. It is the current organization of God's children on the earth. And that kingdom needs to go forth or roll forth, it'll say in the section as well, so that the kingdom of heaven can come. And I think that's in reference to the second coming, but I also think that to the degree which we can become celestial kingdom-like people, not that we're perfect, but that we're striving to live that kind of a life, to the degree that we can do that, we can experience a kingdom-like lifestyle now. We don't have to wait for it until later. And you know, I don't think that's just to think of it that we're practicing for what comes in the future. Like you said, Zach, I think it's important that we really put our hearts into it now, that we're building this good place here. We're building good communities. There's so many, I'm going to say good a lot of times, but there's just so much good in the world that we can see and that we can help to build. And I do love, I mean, we can't talk about these sections without talking about Section 64, verse 33 and 34. Wherefore, be not wary in well-doing, for you are laying the foundation of a great work. And maybe we can look at that as something that's in the future, but I also think that it's here now. Um, and that doesn't mean, and maybe that helps us that we can't be wary in what's to come in hundreds of years or in the next life, but really that the foundation that we're laying is happening now. And to not, not get tired and see the progress that you're making um, because I just, you know, the Lord requireth the heart and a willing mind and he's ready to help us make the places around us just really good places. Yeah. I like that because I think, um, we can suffer in the church from futurism where all of our obedience, all of our covenant making, all of our whys for what we do in the church is uh, connected to future blessings and future promises, which, of course, there are many of them. Eternal life is the greatest of all the gifts of God, and there's a great many things to look forward to. But if that's all we're looking forward to, um, it makes it difficult uh, and maybe even impossible to hold on to faith now. And, and that's not even what the Lord uh, requires of us, to only hold out for future blessings. He allows for a current kingdom to be established. And as he mentioned, the keys are currently given to us. The kingdom is with us. We can live that kind of lifestyle now and enjoy the blessings of it now. And we're laying the foundation of a great work for what we're seeing now. Um, and I believe that. And out of small things proceedeth that which is great, that we can see those small things that become great now even. Yeah. So with that in mind, our study of sections 64 through 66 this week becomes a study in how to live in this kingdom of God. And there are some things that are distinctly different in the kingdom of God from the way that we 
would see things done in the world around us. Section 64, verse 2. I will that ye should overcome the world, wherefore I will have compassion upon you. And then he goes into some of the famous references in 64 about forgiveness and not seeking occasion against other people. Um, And so as you study this week, look for those kinds of rules, guidelines, principles, or practices that help us experience a kingdom now. To invest into that study, you might ask yourself this question as you study. In what way can I better overcome the world in my relationships with others? How can I treat others in a way that is respective of the kingdom I'm trying to establish? I can't remember where I heard it years ago, and it's been repeated by by general authorities, but the thing that makes the celestial kingdom the celestial kingdom, aside from the presence of God, is that the people that live there are committed to and practiced at living a God-like life. You can't help but have heaven when everyone that's there is loving and kind, doesn't try and find fault with each other, is forgiving, is committed to change and growth, and is compassionate. That's what makes heaven heaven. And we can have that now. Well, I think this is a really important question because isn't that kind of where it all begins and ends is with our relationship with others and how we view and how we handle ourselves with other people. Um, I know it can be complicated is maybe a good way to put it. I think we were talking about this earlier um, about a quote from Elder Maxwell from years ago. And I don't know if, do you know the reference for that, Zach? We'll, we'll, we'll post it somewhere, but um, where he talks about that we are each other's clinical material for getting into the, into the next, into the celestial kingdom and moving on. And I think that's a pretty accurate description Mm -hmm. of how it feels sometimes as we, as we manage and as we try and figure out how to, how to love each other and how to really be at peace and at one with those around us. So, and looking at ourselves, I think is a good place to start usually. (laughs) Well, to that point, one way that we can connect with God this week as we study is to seek to be more forgiving. It's interesting to me that when the Lord in section 64 points out differences between sin and evil, the word sin means to miss the mark. It's, it's, uh, I think it's Greek roots that means to miss the mark. And there are people that have sinned in the church, and uh, the prophet Joseph Smith is among them. The Lord is very open by saying, yes, they have sinned. They have made mistakes. But then he says this in verse 6, There are those among you who have sought occasion against him. And then in verse 8 he says, My disciples in days of old sought occasion against one another and forgave not one another in their hearts, and for this evil they were afflicted and sorely chastened. And then there's the famous verse in verse 9 where uh, he that forgiveth not his brother's trespasses standeth condemned before the Lord, for there remaineth in him the greater sin. In other words, someone can repent of their sin, but the only way to repent of not forgiving someone is to forgive someone. And if we want to be God-like or Christ-like, we have to, one, stop finding reasons to attack each other regardless of political party, beliefs, ideals, etc. We have to stop finding reasons to attack each other. And then two, we have to forgive each other when we make mistakes. 
And I think that also goes, and I think that the Lord means this too, is that we need to forgive ourselves when we make mistakes mm-hmm. or when we commit sins or do evil in our own eyes that maybe we've done something wrong, that we make sure that we have compassion for ourselves and know that the Lord is forgiving us too. Yeah, that's another, that's probably a harder thing to practice this week than forgiving other people, forgiving yourself for the things that you've done wrong. I think you've probably caught on from the years of this podcast that that's probably a running theme for us is forgiving ourselves can be a hard thing. So we know how that is for sure. Um, That's it for this week. Thank you for studying with us. We hope that it's a great week for you. See you next week. Mm